What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 173, and we are finally talking about the debut of Lady Lara, Lara Croft herself, and the Tomb Raider franchise. We have been teasing this episode for quite a while, uh, but finding time to sit down with my friend Kate to record the podcast just turned out to be almost as difficult as jumping from one platform to another in the original Tomb Raider game itself. But if you stick with it, persistence pays off, and we got ourselves a fucking podcast. Uh, Tomb Raider won our Patreon poll a couple of months ago, and I was really excited because I'd never played the OG Tomb Raider games. My introduction to the series was actually the modern trilogy, which I think are absolutely fucking incredible, by the way. Uh, I love these types of games as a whole. Uncharted is another series that I really adore. So I was really pumped to see where the Tomb Raider franchise began and just kind of where that whole 3D exploration adventure style game as a whole, the genre, kind of began as well. And, uh, and to get it out there, I know this was originally a Sega Saturn game. I'm aware of that. This is as close as you're ever going to get to having a Saturn game covered on the podcast. Um, fortunately, they ported it over to PlayStation. Uh, otherwise, we may not have the Tomb Raider franchise that we know and love today. So, whew. Uh, and I won't lie. This game, Tomb Raider on the PlayStation 1, she, she plays a little rough these days. A lot rough, actually. Uh, as long as you're not moving or shooting, it's great. Uh, it's just, once you touch the D-pad, it starts to get really frustrating, that's all. I like this game, but it starts to get a little frustrating. And we'll get to that in just a minute, because speaking of being just a little bit frustrating, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're not boring. We talk about video games and stuff. It's a lot of fun. And I swear, I swear a lot. I should throw that disclaimer out there because somebody left us a bad review last week saying they don't mind swearing, but I swear too much. And yeah, I fucking do. That's how I talk. That's why the logo to our podcast has the adults only warning on it fucking a so uh here we go we have merchandise we have all kinds of hoodies t-shirts coffee mugs posters tank tops all rocking badass retro gaming art you can find it all at remember the game and if you want to support the artist which i think is a very big deal uh i mean don't get me wrong he gets a portion of every sale we make but show him some love anyway you can find him his name is joe over at 4545creative.com he's awesome and quick heads up we are planning a black friday sale this year and we are actually shooting to roll out our new nintendo power cover design to go with it so keep your eye on that if you are interested and of course if you don't like clothes um, you can always just support us on patreon it's only two bucks us a month and in exchange for that you're gonna get two extra podcasts every week you get exclusive access to both my gaming discussion show every uh, expansion pass every thursday and my gaming news podcast game patch every friday along with instant access to like it's almost 150 bonus podcasts right now that are in the archives uh game patch every friday we look at all the biggest news in modern gaming and then i add in my opinions and sprinkle a little profanity 
on top. And Expansion Pass every Thursday is a different show every week. We do game rankings. We look back at characters, consoles. We do some more comedy-centric gaming episodes. There's game reviews. Uh, this past week on Expansion Pass, we talked about the Steam Deck, which is Valve's upcoming handheld PC. It looks like a Nintendo Switch on steroids. I know some PC Master Racers are excited about it, and I know some of them don't care. And the exact same thing goes for non-PC gamers, which is a camp I find myself in. Some of us are excited about it. Some of us aren't. I personally am cautiously optimistic about this thing. Uh, and this is becoming tradition during the intro here. This is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass. Are you excited for the Steam Deck? I almost always go for the, like when I buy a phone, I almost always go for the cheapest one. I don't give a fuck. That's fine. And the thing about the Steam Deck is I don't care that much about the internal storage because I can use a micro SD to expand it. And I traditionally only play one or two games at any given time anyway. So I don't care about being able to fit 400 games on my Steam Deck. I need one or two, whatever it is I'm playing, and that's good enough. It's not that I need the extra storage for that, but like the, the, the cheaper version doesn't have an SSD in it. And that makes me nervous because I'm like, is this thing going to be fucking obsolete in like a year? And now I've spent $400 US on something that can't play all the newest games. And it's like, if I spend $649 US, like, so it's, you know, say it's, let's just call around number, say 750 bucks Canadian plus tax. Am I getting like at that point, I'm like, would I be better off just buying a PC? I will have to wait and see, but I know some people are skeptical that they had, they don't have enough power. So that was last week's episode, and now for tomorrow's podcast, I want to talk gaming backlogs because I get so many suggestions from you nerds about games I should play, games I need to play, have you played this, why haven't you played this, and I appreciate them, I really do, I love, I never get tired of them, but I always say, like, I'll add it to the pile, and I really do, but the pile has grown completely out of control, so uh, I want to talk about some games that may, that have been on my backlog forever that I really do plan to get to, I promise, and we'll talk about some of your backlogs logs as well so that's what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's expansion pass and again two bucks a month is going to get you instant access to those podcasts plus all our old ones plus new ones plus access to the remember the game discord the the, the chance to vote in our monthly patreon poll you get to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts you can dm with me and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name just like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to all of our newest patrons brad huff tom horvath Blindly from the Optional Boss Podcast, Tatum Barnett, Grog Smash 87, Daniel Hutchinson, Master Vivi, Justin Zabrocki, Frozen Interior, Trevor Lewis, Ray San Juan Tango, Branson Basham, and Adam McDougal. I feel like I might have got those all right. Either way, thank you all very much and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can support us at patreon.com slash remember the game. And we also have like exclusive access to live streams of our podcast, video versions of our podcast, retro game streams where I, I play the games I'm getting ready to cover on the show. You can get access to Let's Plays. There's a whole bunch. Just go over there and look. Tons of great stuff and you support the little guy. That's us. We are the little guy. And uh, just quickly, I am. people have been asking me, am I planning another 24-hour charity stream for Extra Life? We did one last year. I am planning one this year. I've actually started selling some extra Remember the Game merch and some stuff like that with proceeds or some proceeds from them uh, going into my 24-hour charity stream. 
So if you'll just indulge me for one minute, uh, I'm going to have the final date of my stream lockdown in the next couple of weeks. I'm a stand-up comedian outside of my podcast, if you didn't know that, and I'm still getting bookings for the holidays, so I can't really book it until I see when I'm not going to have any more. I can't book my 24-hour stream, that is, until I know when I'm not going to have comedy, but I'm shooting for the weekend right before Christmas. Last year, we raised over $4,000, and maybe I'm swinging for the fences here, but my goal is ten grand this year. That's all money that's going to be donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital here at Edmonton, which is the biggest, best children's hospital in Alberta. We take care of kids. I shouldn't say we, I literally have nothing to do with them, but they take care of kids all across the province. So Shaylee and I, my, my girlfriend and I uh, have agreed that we're going to donate 50% of my Patreon income from December to the stream. So if you're looking to sign up and you want to wait till next month, half of whatever you decide to sign up for on Patreon is going to get donated to the cause. And then I'm also selling some extra stuff as well. Some unique gifts uh, to help raise money for the charity stream as well. I'm not doing it to get rich or anything. Uh, we're selling our Remember the Game lanyards that I've been talking about selling forever. Shipping is fucking awful on them. Cursed by Canadian blood. I'm sorry. It costs a fortune to ship stuff from our igloo here in Canada. But I did throw in a little bit of extra value. So they're $30 shipped in Canada, the US. 35 everywhere else on the world and it's reasonable shipping times you will get them by christmas and they come with not only a lanyard but you also get a hot dog sticker you get a collage magnet and you'll get a personally written uh postcard and if you see i posted images of it on my social media and stuff like i'll write you an actual note it won't just be like thanks steve adam you get an actual note and you can throw in a second lanyard and sticker for just another five dollars and five dollars from every package we sell goes toward my charity stream next month and i'm also selling shamios because cameo wouldn't answer my emails i'll record a video message for whoever you want about whatever you want angry adam can be there if you prefer that those are 20 bucks and i'm offering one-on-one -on -one zoom calls we'll talk for 15 or 20 minutes we can talk about whatever you like if you want to just say hi or if you know someone that's a big fan and you want to surprise them those are 50 dollars, but 10 dollars from every uh 10 dollars from every shamio and 20 dollars from every zoom call is also going to go into the pot for my charity stream so i'm just i'm trying to raise as much money for the stollery as i can so hit up remember the game podcast.com or email me at member the game at gmail.com if you're interested not remember the game member the game at gmail.com and again that email address is at our website okay that's all my plugs i know it was a little bit longer than normal but i really want to i'm really i think we can raise 10 grand for the children's hospital this year so i'm putting my cards on the table and swinging and that's what I can do to help. So anyway, more information about that in the coming weeks. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. <laughs> And our first blower this week is They Call Me Badger, who wrote in and said, Quick question. If it's your, quote, voice crack of the week, end quote, why does it happen once an episode? Now, to be fair, because if, you if you're newer to our podcast, for some reason, at least once a podcast, my voice decides to do this. And I don't, it's puberty, I guess. I'm 37 and I still haven't finished puberty. Uh, but I don't think I say that it's voice crack once per week. I think I say it's once per episode. But either way, it's weird because when I do stand-up comedy, my voice never cracks. When I'm on stage and like telling my jokes, I'm fine. But I get behind this microphone and it's like, hey, mister, your taco fell in the deep fryer. I'll get it out. 
Ah, oh, so anyway, yeah, thanks a lot, Badger. Thanks for calling out my fucking insecurities about my voice, you son of a bitch. Aaron Price wrote in on Patreon and said, Without being unrealistic, what games do you want to see and think we will see on the Nintendo Switch Online Nintendo 64 service? Everyone wants GoldenEye 007, obviously, but that involves going through a minimum of 10 lawyers. I would love to see Quest 64, honestly. It's one of the Nintendo 64 games I remember from my childhood and never really played it. I think it's because I was too young to understand how that style of game game worked uh Aaron thank you for writing in the reason you didn't play it as a kid might have been because it sucked I don't know I I don't remember a lot about quest 64 but I remember renting it twice and both times being like I fucking hate this game um I mean WWF no mercy is the one that I want but that's never gonna happen if you're talking about ones that you think are realistic I think perfect dark and I think Diddy Kong racing eventually are gonna come over from because rare who made those games is owned by Microsoft now but we already are getting a couple of their games so I think those are gonna show up and I think those will be cool Smash Brothers would be awesome I never played the original Smash Brothers and I think we'll get that uh wave race is one that I really want because I fucking love wave race 64 and you know what shout out to bomberman 64 as much as I don't love uh this Nintendo 64. I love Bomberman 64, so I hope that game ends up on there, and I think it will eventually as well. Oh, God, I would love WWF. No mercy, but that's never going to happen. Uh, Punk Rock Geek wrote in and said, Hi, Adam. On a past podcast, I heard you say that you read quite a big deal, or quite a lot. Uh, I've been interested to know... <laughs> Uh, in what type of literature you're into i'm an avid reader myself and i thought that you might have a few suggestions for me so i just wanted to point out the irony that i stumbled through that entire message uh while talking about how i i like to read uh so i like to read true crime book book tar- i like to read true cri- crime that's hard to say true crime books true crime books true crime books true crime books true crime. try saying that 10 times fast anyway i like to read a lot of true crime books books uh, I love autobiographies. And then for fiction, I really like Dean Koontz and Stephen King. And then if you've never heard of him, Michael Connolly. Uh, he writes these like, they're fiction, but they're about like a detective or several detectives researching crimes. And they're I really, really, he's actually become one of my favorite authors. So that's somebody else that I really like to read. Uh, thanks for writing in, punk rock. Lord Finish wrote in, <laughs> wrote in and said, you recently shared some negative feedback on social media and I found that fascinating. As somebody who likes every little bit of your show, I thought that it was interesting to hear from somebody that doesn't like your show. Could you perhaps read some negative comments on your podcast in the future? Not to mock or shame anybody, but out of pure public interest for scientific reasons, you know? I would really, really want to know reasons why somebody doesn't like your show. Oh, lots of people don't like my show, Finish. It's okay. I do usually read bad reviews on the podcast when I get one. Uh, and for the record, please don't leave me a bad review thinking like, oh, this will get me read on the show because I'm not going to read the, like, I'm not going to read the bad ones out here every week. But once we've only gotten two that I can remember and I couldn't find the first one. One was from a dude named Stefan779988. If you listen to our archives, he's in there somewhere. And he called me the rambling idiot. Um, and so I actually launched a podcast called the rambling idiot, which is exclusive to our patrons. And, uh, so thank you very much for that, Steven. And then, yeah, we got a review last week from Lexiax and Lexiax wrote in and said, <clears throat> this was the review that Lexiax le- left on Apple podcasts. I was really excited to find this one and queued up a bunch of episodes. Shame I had to delete them all. I couldn't make it past about 25 minutes of the first one I tried. It's such a great concept, but the constant swearing gets tired quickly. When every other word is the F word, it's just distracting and lame. Plus, the episodes are way too long for what they are. Most of it just seems to be filler. It needs an editor. Not against swearing, but this one is boring. Two stars. So I would like to... So there you go. So there's one of the bad reviews. So apparently, according to Lexiax, I swear to 
much. The episodes are way too long for what they are and it needs an editor. And all of those things are true. But you know what, Lexi X? Fuck you. I'll keep swearing as much as I want because that's how I talk. I can't afford to hire an editor and I wouldn't let anyone edit this anyways. And you know what? You think that my show sucks. You're the peckerhead that downloaded a whole bunch of episodes without listening to one and then found out you didn't like them and had to delete them all. So who really sucks here, Lexi X? One star on your podcast listening abilities, you dink. But anyway, yeah, they're bad reviews. I don't care. They roll off my back. Leave a bad review. I don't give a fuck. But hey, that said, if you like the show, leave a good review because they counteract the bad ones and they help people find us, I think. Uh, Joe, Joe Gillespie, our very own resident artist wrote in and said, I'm digging all the latest power-ups for remember the game industries. I think one thing is sort of lacking. I know you've been hesitant to do this, but I feel like the time might be right, especially with so many new listeners checking out the show every month. I think you should implement a standard rating system for the games. Maybe something like one to 10 hot dogs. This might help people know what games or you think are worth checking out when they're looking for a retro game to try for the first time. This might help someone who's on the fence about a game, but see you dig it. So they give the episode a listen or how much you hated it and that surprises them too anyway just a thought so that's interesting if you don't know if this is your first episode at the early days we used to rank them out of 10 now when we're done we rate them out of just whatever number we can come up with so i'm honestly curious if people would prefer me to rate them out of 10 so that you can get an actual feel of what it's worth or what a game is then yeah fucking yell at me because uh it's sometimes they're very hard to come up with with the random scoring systems um so that's interesting joe i yeah i mean it's not a terrible idea um, I mean, having said that, I'm going to recommend that you play like 90% of retro games that we cover on the show. But anyway, let me know what you guys think about that. That's interesting to me. And then before we get to letter time, Master VV wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, so say you had some cloud at Nintendo and were able to pick the first few games for Game Boy if they release it on the Switch. What would be your poison? So first of all, Master VV, if I had some cloud at Nintendo, we'd be getting a new F-Zero, just for the record. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, that would be my number one ad for Game Boy games. But I know that might not be that easy. Because they don't own those completely necessarily. You know, it's a whole thing. Uh, otherwise, the Mario Land trilogy, Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Although I'm not sure how that works because Capcom made them. Tetris would be fucking awesome. See, to me, it's hard because, like, to me, the Game Boy Advance is where all the meat is. Like, I love the Game Boy as much as the next person. But, like, there's a lot of stank in the Game Boy library. The GBA is fucking fire. But I feel like we won't get those on there because they could sell those games separately. But that's where I would start. If I can't get Pokemon Red and Blue, then The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons and Ages, Mario Land Trilogy, and Tetris. That's what I'm after. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Frozen Interior wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I finally made it through the backlog of podcasts for Remember the Game, and I can say that I was thoroughly entertained by each of them. With that being said, I had to back your Patreon so that we could continue to get more content from you. Thanks a lot, Frozen. I am curious to hear your thoughts on how video games have evolved over the past 30 years or so. It's insane to see how far they've come visually and mechanically. Retro games will always have a big place in my heart, but I'm really excited to see where gaming will be at in the future. So this... Thanks for writing in, Frozen. This could be a podcast completely of its own. Uh, so I'm just going to share like some quick thoughts because that is something I've thought about talking about on an episode like Expansion Pass. By and large, uh, I think the way games have evolved over the last 34 or 30 years or so is, is great. I think I truly mean this. I think we are entering the golden age of gaming right now. I've always considered the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, mid-90s era to be the golden era of video games. But look at what's coming down the pipe right now, you guys. It's just, you've got Game Pass, you've got PlayStation Now, multiple consoles and PCs are all killing it. 
gaming's not a nerdy hobby anymore that you do behind the scenes. Like gaming is just part of life. It's bigger than movies and TV and music and stuff. That gaming is fucking huge, right? There's still shitty games out, but we know about them before we buy them now. Back in the day, you just took a chance when you got, when you got to go to the toy store and you had enough money for a game. You basically picked on the box art and half the time you ended up with a fucking dud. Now there's fucking, you can watch reviews, you can watch people stream it, you can watch YouTubes of it. It's So I think all that stuff is great. There's games for every taste. There's simple mobile games for people that don't want to, you know, invest any money or time into getting good. There's super complex games, right? Something that fits every budget. You can play online with your friends. You don't need to invite them over to your house anymore. Indie games are coming up with ideas that would have never happened on these giant AAA fucking nine figure budgets. And there's some of the most inventive and fun games in the world. You've got Game Pass, PlayStation Now, Nintendo Online, Steam sales, free Epic games. I personally know that I've never had more games to play than I do right now because they're so readily available. I think the generation we're going into right now will be to 3D gaming what the Genesis Super Nintendo era was to 2D gaming. I really think we're getting close to the peak of what 3D games can be. And then I think VR or something is going to become kind of the next level. I really, truly believe that. And I mean, and of course, they still make 2D games. Of course, they're going to keep making 3D games. But I think that we're getting to that top tier level of what developers are capable of, which is fucking awesome. Uh, I do think there's a couple of minuses too. I think microtransactions suck. I think broken games with day one patches that then don't patch everything fucking suck. The loot box this whole thing with like FIFA and stuff is a fucking joke. There's horrible fucking people online. And I mean that when like you play online and you get people that just come to your chat, drop racist fucking comments and disgusting shit like that. And of course there's, it's so toxic gaming. Like that's the big thing that we've tried to build here. Remember the game industry is, is a community that is not hung up on the toxicity. That is just fucking completely infected every aspect of gaming online these days it's just like when i was a kid we had the nintendo sega console wars but it was fun like sure we chirped each other a little bit but any chance i got to play a sega console i was like fucking rights i didn't have one of these i want to play this now you get people that call each other the most disgusting shit in the world because they play on playstation or xbox or fucking whatever and it just it's so i do think there's some minuses to go with the the positives but by and large i think gaming has never been better and i think that the next seven or eight years is going to be just all-time historic i really truly believe that so i'd like to do an episode all about that down the road at some point but we'll, we'll wrap this up today thanks to everyone that wrote in this week i appreciate it very much and i'm sorry there was one more comment that i meant to squeeze in and I'm, i deleted the post off our patreon page without getting it and i apologize somebody wrote in and basically just dropped as many big four five six syllable words as they could into their comment just to try to trip me up i missed yours and i meant to put it in so if you can submit it again i'll read it next week and stumble through it okay Thanks to everyone that wrote in this week. I appreciate it. Let's get into our Smash Hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. The third game is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. Uh, we're talking Tomb Raider this week on the show. So I thought I would go with three of the highest rated PS1 games I could find that aren't Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, Final Fantasy 7, or Resident Evil, because those all have next-gen remakes already. So Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and Vagrant Story 
are our competitors this week. And I always hope that the poll is going to be close. Uh, and I fucked that up this time around because over 50% of the vote. And keep in mind, there are six options as far as combinations of playing, remaking, and erasing. There's six possible ways to do it. Over 50% of people went with the same vote. So that's utter domination. Play Castlevania Symphony of the Night, remake Metal Gear Solid, and erase Vagrant Story. Ran away with the poll. Now, personally, I have only played Metal Gear Solid, although Symphony of the Night won our Patreon poll this month. So I'm going to be playing that very soon. I'm very excited. Um, so maybe my opinion doesn't matter because I've only played one of these games. But that is actually what I would do as well. Play Castlevania, remake Metal Gear, and erase Vagrant Story. And I don't usually go with the majority, but I think most of you are right this week. So let's just see what a few of you had to say before I explain, uh, show you my work as it were and explain my logic. Dude, this, this one turned into like a mini confessions episode. We had like 50 comments and a ton of people just wrote in airing their true feelings about a couple of these games, particularly Metal Gear Solid. Listen to this. Corey Street wrote in and said, play Castlevania, remake Vagrant Story and erase Metal Gear Solid. I'm sad to see Metal Gear Solid go, but it has a remake on the GameCube. Vagrant Story was an interesting game, and I'd love to see it on all consoles remade. And you gotta play Castlevania. It's a classic. Now, Corey, I did forget about the GameCube version of Metal Gear Solid. Having said that, I, if I was gonna remake Metal Gear, I would prefer to see it like fucking Final Fantasy VII remake style remade like full blown balls to the wall like bum, 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 bum. but you are right i forgot about the gamecube one Stephen parnell wrote in and said you love making hard choices for all of us don't you i loved all three of these but vagrant story just beat out castlevania seeing as they've made a next-gen castlevania game already and vagrant story was one of the best games on the playstation one so i'll play metal gear remake vagrant story and erase castlevania that's, I'm not defending it or denying it. I haven't played Symphony of the Night, but that is a hot fucking take, Stephen. Erasing Castlevania. And you aren't the only one. Captain N wrote in on Patreon and said, everybody sings the praises of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But if you aren't into Metroidvanias, then this is a no-brainer. Erase it. Remake Metal Gear Solid because it's a genre-defining game. It would be great with an overhaul of graphics and controls. And then play Vagrant Story because I haven't played it yet. It sits on my shelf ever so patiently waiting for its time to shine. Boy, I mean, I guess you're right. If Like, I'm not going to shit on anyone for erasing Castlevania. You could erase any of these three games and I'm not going to freak out on you over it. It does seem crazy to erase the arguably the best game and one of the most popular franchises ever in Castlevania, I guess. Having said that, yeah, if you're not into Metroidvanias, then that game is just, it's a waste of your time. So, all right, all right. I'm not going to yell at you. Fair enough. Now, fortunately, not everybody erased Castlevania. Listen to this. Welsh Destroyer wrote it and said, Okay, Adam, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I'll be blunt as fuck. Play Castlevania because of the three, it's more of an iconic game and I never played it. Remake Vagrant Story. My God, this game would be epic with more up-to-date graphics. And then erase Metal Gear. Warning, this game sucks ass. <laughs> I... <laughs> Listen, I have some criticisms of the original Metal Gear. I won't lie. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it, quote, sucks ass. But you said you weren't going to sugarcoat it, and there's no sugar in ass. So fair enough. Tatum Barnett wrote it. That's a horrible analogy. Tatum Barnett wrote it and said, let's see. This is my very first play, remake, and erase one. I would play Vagrant Story because I never have actually played it before, and it seems cool. There's my voice crack. 
Uh, remake Castlevania. It is a classic, and I'm sure everyone would or everyone would say that it doesn't need to change. But I would love to see this iconic game in the graphical style of Bloodstained. Gorgeous game, and that game really deserves a remake in modern graphics. And while I'm sure to be murdered by the community, I would erase Metal Gear. Not because it's a bad game, but simply because I can't stand stealth games like that. I played the classic NES game, and it was hard as balls. But this one never really grabbed my attention or remotely held my interest. Now I will say. I understand where you're coming from, Tatum. I could take her, like, I'll explain my logic in a minute, but, like, I could take or leave stealth games as well. I don't hate them, but they they wear on my patience after a while. So I can I get that. Hans Gruber wrote in and said, well, this isn't a week for a competitive poll. You're not wrong, Hans. Play Castlevania. It's essentially perfect. Any attempt to remake it would mess with the 2D charm while also risking the polish they were able to put on the overall gameplay. Remake Metal Gear perfect remake candidate as this game obviously spawned one of the all-time gaming franchises and would benefit from a graphics and controls update and then a race vagrant story probably not getting its due here i'll admit it but i've never played or heard of it so it's out of here see and usually i shit on people for that but if you're attached to castlevania and metal gear i get it and then finally good a wrote in and said play castlevania because i never have remake metal gear solid because they already are and erase vagrant story because i'm 36 and i've never heard of it and i seem to be doing okay that's my favorite logic for when someone erases a game i've never heard of it and look i turned out fine i <laughs> we don't know good a i don't maybe you're fucking sitting in a basement right now you know eating your own feces and ripping wings off flies i don't know how the fuck you turned out but i like your logic i like the way you said it it's good stuff uh, like I said, personally, I'm going with the majority this week. Uh, I personally will play Castlevania because I've been told for years that this game is one of the best ever made and I need to see for myself. And now that it's won our Patreon poll, I'm contractually obligated to do so. So I'm excited. I'm going to remake Metal Gear. And I honestly considered erasing Metal Gear Solid because I've beaten it. I hate Metal Gear Solid 2. And then I never went back to the franchise. I think the, the storyline is overly complicated. I could take or leave stealth games. But I also think that the original Metal Gear Solid remade like a Final Fantasy VII remake would be fucking incredible. I can't say no to it. So, but I did consider erasing it. I'm going to erase Vagrant Story. I usually try not to erase the game that I haven't played of the three, if there is one. Um, and reviews of Vagrant Story are phenomenal. But I'll never get around to playing all the RPGs that you guys asked me to play as it is. So if one of them disappears, that's just one game off my list. Sorry, but not sorry, Vagrant Story. And that's it. Thanks for playing, everybody. I love Play One, Remake One, Erase One. Uh, what have I been up to over the last week? And then we'll get into Tomb Raider. Mostly I've been playing uh, I've been playing Back for Blood. I fucking love that game. I play it online three or four nights a week. It is fucking awesome. I've been playing it with a ton of members of our community too, which has been super fun. Uh, I finished the campaign of Halo 5, Guardians, which I had never played before. So I wanted to get them all out of the way before Halo Infinite. Now I'm ready to go. I, I'm ready to rank the Halo campaigns. And I'm not sure if I should wait to rank them after I play Halo Infinite or if I should just rank them. I think I'm going to rank them leading up to Halo Infinite because Halo Infinite is going to get its own review episode of Expansion Pass. So uh, if you like Halo... Expect a ranking episode in the coming weeks where I rank the various campaigns from the Halo games. And then I've been playing The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or Ocarina, or no, what is it? Ocarina of Tim, as we pronounce it here on my Nintendo Switch, getting ready for a revisited episode that we'll be putting up for in two weeks for Remember the Game number 175. And uh, if you want to hear what I think of that fucking game, you're going to have to wait until that podcast. 
That's all I've been playing. Let's talk Tomb Raider. That's why you're here. I like to read a few comments from our audience about the game we're talking about before my guests and I ramble. And uh, I'm going to kick things off with Angel Cortez, who wrote in and said, Laura Croft nude code. It never existed, but kids swore it did and that it worked. There's your one. I swear of like the two dozen comments I got from our community this week, half of them were either about the nude code or about triangle boobs. And we'll talk about all that when we get into the episode, but I didn't want to just, I didn't want to just read nothing but comments about the boob. So there's your one. It's been acknowledged. Kate and I will acknowledge it more when we get to the episode. Uh, Andy Spilling wrote in and said, wonderful memories of this game. It was the late 90s and my grandfather, Big G as he was known, that's a sweet name for a grandfather, uh, who'd been happily playing on the NES since the 80s, had wandered past a local gaming store and had seen an underwater section of this game being played and he was mesmerized. He bought a PS1 and a copy immediately. We then embarked on many years playing through the original and next two sequels together, sharing awesome gaming memories and time together he passed away a couple of years ago and my grandmother handed me his gaming collection to look after and enjoy of all his ps1 and ps2 games tomb raider is the game that reminds me the most of our times gaming together that's a nice story andy i'm sorry about big g shout out to big g what a great name for a grandfather oh man Super Dave wrote in and said, can we go back to when Tomb Raider games were just Indiana Jane? Sure, the controls have aged like backyardable cheese or by like backyard blue cheese. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but this game was fun. Lara is raiding a tomb because she's rich and a badass. Boom. Script done. I like the reboot games just fine, but Lara doesn't have a lot of agency in the modern games beyond being Girl Scout Rambo and briefly being really sad about killing one dude before mowing down grunts in the dozens. That's a fair take, Super Dave. I love love the modern Tomb Raider trilogy, but that's I get the logic. And then Beth wrote in, and normally I don't read super long comments in this section, but Beth has a, this is well-worded, so we're going to get through this. Beth wrote in and said, I'm a massive PS1 to 360 era Tomb Raider fan. Ever since I played Tomb Raider 2, which was my first, and it's still my favorite Tomb Raider game of all time by a mile, and I have been a die-hard Lara fan ever since. The games are so atmospheric. From the moment you walk into the first cave and the wolves come running at you, even the silence is perfectly eerie to the what-the-fuck moment where the T-Rex comes stomping towards you after you've had raptors surprise you in the tunnel. I know the T-Rex is laughable now, but at the time, I felt like I was fighting the Rex from Jurassic Park. The levels in Atlantis were suitably hard and suitably gross near the end and I like the tactics needed to fight some of the enemies like the centaurs and those giant skinless mummy things I fucking hate those things what I love most about the games is the exploration and the globe trotting which sadly seems to be abandoned in the reboot and just surviving the environment the climbing the puzzles and the animals from that country with only the odd human enemy now and then of course along with that the games wouldn't be what they are without Lara as a brunette English tomboy growing up it felt really special to have this cool British heroine or heroin heroin is that how you say it heroin heroin hero heroin heroin i originally read it as heroin and i was like beth you gotta get help but i think you mean yeah okay but you know it's heroin okay uh who is tough smart and just cool as hell going on these adventures around the world instead of some generic busty blonde american heroin heroin uh, I, I went on these adventures of Lara and I wanted to be her when I grew up. That did not work out for me, by the way. I just have so much love for this game and Lara until the recent reboots. I could go on and on, but I know this is already a really long comment. P.S. A massive fuck you to those four-legged mummy things in Egypt, which would just appear really fast out of nowhere were complete bullet sponges that could take you out one or two hits. Fuck those things. Dude, fuck half the enemies in this goddamn game, uh, Beth, because they fucking have all fed me my ass. But that's an interesting take that you grew up with them and liked them better than the modern trilogy. I grew up not playing them and i adore the modern trilogy more than the anyway either way tomb raider let's talk about it. it's fucking awesome i'm gonna cue up some music 
It's not a ton of music to pick from, but I found some. And when it stops, my friend Kate and I are going to break down Tomb Raider, which originally released on the PS1, MS-DOS, and yep, the Sega Saturn on November 14th, 1996. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week to deliver the much-anticipated Tomb Raider episode, as I'll have already explained in the intro, uh, returning to the show is my good buddy Kate. How's it going, buddy? Awesome. I'm ready to raid some tombs. Raid some tombs. Dude, it was so funny. The other day on Twitter, I tried to post hints. I like to post like cryptic hints of the games we're talking about on this show, and I posted a whole bunch, and there was stuff like a monkey racing cars which was diddy kong racing i posted ha 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 which was final fantasy 10 as most people got i couldn't think of a funny or like a of a cryptic hint for this so that was the hint was raiding tombs and everyone was like you didn't even try on that one and then i was like wait till you guys all find out that it's like a shitty indiana jones game or something but uh, but no well, like I, I could only think of something about about triangles but it would have been a little arbitrary. yeah right exactly okay thank you because i was like i'm looking at the hints and i was like is triangle boobs like a stupid <laughs> hint because i'm like that's for better or worse like this is a really fun game and a great franchise i'm a huge tomb raider fan we're gonna get into all that but like that is what you think of when you think of tomb raider on yep. the playstation one you think of triangle boobs right Thank you. That makes me feel so much better that it's not just me. And that you said it first makes me feel, ah, thank you. <laughs> I'm, glad I could, I'm glad I could make you comfortable and ease you into it. Yes, thank you. Okay, let's talk triangle boob. No, uh, although I'm sure we're going to get into it at some point. But we are talking the original Tomb Raider. Now, I got to ask Kate, like I played this for the first time about a month and a half ago on my PlayStation Classic, just getting ready for this episode. I've played the modern games, but I'd never played the originals. Uh... This one was neat, but its controls have, like, if you think the Nintendo 64's controls have aged poorly, you have not played Tomb Raider on the original PlayStation lately. Did you play these back in the day? Yeah, so I definitely played the first one back on PlayStation 1. Um, I didn't own it, but my friend did. And so there were countless, countless nights spent in her basement playing it, and I remember breaking controllers when I was, like, eight, so, <laughs> yes. Dude. Yes, I do remember being angry with it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, because, like, listen, we're going to, let's just get, we'll do the bad now. Because I like this game. I like a lot more about this game than I don't like. So I'd rather just get the bad out of the way now, and then we can focus on all the good. Because there's a lot of good here. Um, have you, okay, I'll ask too. Have you played the modern Tomb Raider games? Like, the the more modern trilogy? So I played, I played the remake of this game a little bit, and then... Um, Whatever one came out, I can't remember all their names because there's so many of them now. Yeah. Whatever one came out, I think for the 360, maybe six or seven years ago. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit of that one with like the really updated graphics. And okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Because like, I'm going to warn everybody right now. Like I talk about these games all the time, but if you have not played the modern trilogy, they're dirt cheap now and they are fucking superb. They are like... I think you can't, I don't want to say you can't talk Tomb Raider without talking Uncharted, but it's so obvious that Uncharted is 
uh, inspired by Tomb Raider. Like playing Tomb Raider on the PS One, it felt like a like a pre beta demo version of Uncharted. Like it's like they're so much the same. Uh, I like the modern Tomb Raider trilogy better than I like the Uncharted trilogy. Like they're that, and I like the Uncharted wow. trilogy a lot. But like they're wow. so good. And I think a big part of it, I, I know we're going to talk about the bad stuff, but I can't help myself. I think the the big thing about it is like, dude, Lara Croft is fucking awesome. And it's not about the triangle boobs and all that stupid shit. It's just, she's just like, I don't know. I don't even know what it is about her. Cause like, in, like in this game, there's like a story, but like, I don't even know what the fuck the story is. She's like so bland with just like her accent and she doesn't say a lot and I don't know why I think she's so badass but she just is does that make sense I don't know why like I, I don't know she I don't just know. she she gives she gives no fucks yeah zero yeah like it's 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 amazing and I mean you create and you write a game and then a movie spins off and Angelina Jolie plays her like you've you've made you've made a gem yeah yeah you've done something right when you get Angelina Jolie to play you yeah it's funny because, like, this game came out back in the 90s, 96. And I'm not going to say there weren't female protagonists back then, but it clearly wasn't as commonplace as it is now. Like, I'm trying to think, like, there was obviously Samus from Metroid, although I would argue that a lot of people didn't know that Samus was a girl. Um, yeah. I, I didn't for a long time. Um, but, like, I can't. Like, am I missing? Like, I can't think of another. Like, she's one. Of, like, if you were to make a Mount Rushmore of like female protagonists in video games, like Lara Croft is maybe number yeah, one, I, isn't she? I agree. I agree. Yeah, and it's so funny because like back then it might not have seemed like that big of deal. Maybe it did. I don't know. I'll ask you. You're a girl. Like, did this seem like like I didn't care. Like, I'm I was a fucking thirteen year old guy. I just wanted to play video games. I didn't give a shit at the and like I didn't care if the protagonist was male or female. Like, did it matter to you? That the fee that the that it was that you were controlling a female instead of another stupid guy. I don't know. I don't know if I could have wrapped my head around it back then, but looking back at it now, you could see that they kind of, you know, catered it to both to men and women because hey, if you know a, a, a little girl wants to go and play as a woman, she can. But then also, you know, triangle titties over here yeah. and to play too. Dude, it's so <laughs> it's so funny because like it's obvious like that when you're playing the game that like I don't know how to say this without making myself sound like a, such a creep, but I'm gonna call the, I'm just gonna point out the elephant in the room like sex sells and let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Like Lara Croft is not an ugly human. Like she's I oh. mean like she kind of is in the game when she's made out of Lego bricks. She's kind of ugly, but like the artwork, the box cover, the case cover, whatever the posters. I remember the ads in magazines back in the day for Tomb Raider and like Laura, Laura's a pretty good looking young lady. And uh, yeah. it's so obvious that, yeah, you're right. They were like, yo, little girls will like this game. Cause you get to play as a, as a girl and boys will like this game because they're boys. And she's got, these triangle boobs but it's so funny because like <laughs> sex appeal was clearly a big part of like the attraction to this game back in the day and i'm like maybe it's just because i'm a 37 year old man and i've had the internet for 25 years and times are changed but like i'm looking at it and i'm just like the sexualization if you want to call it that of laura means absolutely nothing to me i was like this is just a cool video game but maybe back then it did because yeah. we didn't have a lot of this kind of stuff back then so maybe back then it mattered more than it does now i don't know i don't i don't i i don't know stupid but it clearly you're right that's clearly what they were shooting for uh do you remember the ads for this like do you remember seeing her in magazines and stuff 
definitely. Right? She was like the poster child of PlayStation for a while, right? She really was. Like, I mean... It's funny because we've talked about that on the show in the past. Like, did play, did the, like, to this day, I think you can argue that, like, Nintendo clearly has Mario. I know they've got countless other mascots, but I think Mario is the, 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 the face that runs the place at Nintendo. And on Xbox, yeah. it's clearly Master Chief. Even though I would argue Gears of yeah. War is a better franchise, Master Chief is the face of Xbox. PlayStation doesn't have one locked in face. No, it's almost like every time there's an advertisement, it's like it's a group, right? Yeah. It's a group of everyone they can offer. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you could argue that Kratos is the face of PlayStation, but then I think you could argue that Ellie from The Last of Us, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, um, uh, Aloy from Horizon, like the list goes on and on of like the big franchises on PlayStation. But back in the PS1 era, because, like, PlayStation has dominated gaming for fucking two decades. But, like, back then, in 1996, like, they were just... They were the new kid on the block. Like, they were trying to compete with Nintendo and Sega. And, and like, for a while, it looked like Crash Bandicoot was going to be the face of PlayStation. And then yeah. we know what happened there. But, like, you're right. Like, I mean, there's Cloud. There's there's Snake from Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy. But, like, yeah, Tomb... Like, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider was fucking right there. Like, this was... I always felt like this was a game I always wanted to play. I just, every time I had enough money to buy a new video game, there was something else that I wanted to play more than this game. But like fucking Tomb Raider was everywhere back in the day. And it's just, I, I, I'm really, I'm really, I guess I'm just really happy that this franchise isn't dead. Like the modern remake trilogy came out and it was really fucking good. And it's nice to know that like, like I'll tell you, uh, Kate, like when the next Tomb Raider game gets announced, whenever that happens, instantly near the top of my can't wait to play this list like i'm i'm a really big fan of this franchise and i'm glad that they didn't just let it die because the thing about it is like i sorry i know i'm rambling here but like i i really think that by today's standards they could have just let this franchise die and been like well we have uncharted we have aloy and ellie from last of us like we have female protagonists we have another indiana jones style adventure game we don't really need tomb raider anymore and instead they came out with three games that like fucking reinvent laura give her some personality make her awesome and they're three incredible games and i'm just really happy that this franchise isn't dead right now because there's a lot of franchises yeah, from those days I, that I are agree. you know um plus this game was on the sega saturn and that was a death wish for every fucking franchise <laughs> so yeah there's my one okay you should, you should probably edit that out no no i might cut that part out and make that the clip that i use to promote this fucking podcast just, <laughs> anyway uh, so you, sorry, you said you played this on PlayStation. Like you did not play it on Saturn. You played it on PlayStation. I did. Okay. Um, my understanding is that actually the Saturn version runs really well. I, I will give them credit. My understanding is that it actually runs quite well. Cause I'm not going to lie to you replaying this game or playing it. I should say for the first time, there's a really cool game here, but this game plays like fucking shit. <laughs> it yeah. really does. And I think it would have like, there are some games where I'm willing to give them a pass playing them now then they're 25 years old and being like, well, you know what? 25 years, like Mario 64. I've, I've shared my opinions on Mario 64 countless times. I don't think that game controls that great. I'm replaying Ocarina of time right now and it doesn't play that great, but I'm like, all right, well that's what controls were like 25 years ago. This game, even 25 years ago, I think I might've been like, this handles like shit. Like, like, am I, you said you had frustrations with it as well. So like, I, is that one of your memories of this game? Like, am I crazy? Like this game handles like shit. No, for sure. And I think I want to say did this game have 
analog controls or was this back with the first PlayStation? Yeah, controller? no analog controls. This is a D-pad, right? Yes. So like, and so you had to just walk around and like probably face the way you want to go. So there's no diagonal movement. It's all like straight ahead and like 90 degree movement. Oh. And I, I specifically remember, and I went back and I watched a few videos too to see if I was remembering correctly that not unlike Assassin's Creed, jumping in this game made me want to break controllers for sure. Dude, it's the jumping. Like, That's what sucks. Cause you're right. The thing, the thing about the original PlayStation is, and I'm, I'm thinking of Resident Evil just as an example. A lot of people shit on the original Resident Evil trilogy by today's standards and just talk about how they don't, they don't like the, the tank controls about how you basically pivot your character on the spot and then make them move forward in whatever direction they're facing. But to me, yeah. I get that those controls aren't ideal, but to me, those those actually kind of work in Resident Evil because I'm like, those are supposed to be tense games and it almost adds to the tension when you can't just run and gun your way through it. Like, it's slow and methodical and, and you get fucked over if you make a mistake. But I'm like, Tomb Raider is literally designed around running and jumping and that more fast-paced... And like... <laughs> I know that things got better as times went on and I haven't played Tomb Raider 2 yet. Maybe by then they added analog controls and it was better. But this game, that is like, I I really like about 80% of this video game. But the sheer number of times, there's my voice crack for the week. The sheer oh. number of <laughs> triangle boobs. Um, the sheer number of times <laughs> that, <laughs> that's who's excited by those are people that talk like that. Anyway, um, the sheer number of times that I, I died or got or not even that's the worst part is it's not even died i just accidentally walked off a ledge or slightly missed time to jump or something and fell into like a pool of water and then had to climb all the way back up and try it again i was playing with save yeah. states on my ps classic and i was like without save states i'd be fucking done no fucking chance yeah. my god kids. yeah fuck i um i played a little bit just to like try and remember the story, I played a little bit of Tomb Raider Anniversary yeah. on my Xbox. So with that one, like obviously all the graphics and everything was remade and the controls were a little better and the story is slightly different. But even in that one, there were a few times where I had missed time to jump or the jump just didn't work. And it, it, it brought me back to being a very angry seven-year-old. Oh, it's fucking like, and like, I'll be honest, like the first couple levels, it's not that bad. But then as you get further into like this game really, I don't think this game is like soul crushingly difficult, but there's a, this game has got some bite in the later half of the game. It's got some bite and half of that is from enemies. You know, there's these fucking God, oh, the motherfucking, I don't know if they're cougars or leopards or what, but the big black cats, panthers, I don't know what the yeah, fuck the they are, cat. but they, I hate those motherfuckers so much. And then there's like this guy that keeps showing up with a gun and he takes like 400 bullets to put down and like he kills you over. Like they suck, but it's the fucking platforming, the running and the jumping. Cause it's one thing to have to line up like your angle perfectly, which sucks, but it's doable. Especially it took me a while to get a feel on like you can use the L1 and R1 triggers to make her like sidestep. And yeah. That I realized, like, okay, if I have her facing in the right direction, but she's not lined up with the jump, get her facing in the right direction and then sidestep over to where I need her to be. That actually made it a lot easier. But it's not just that, Kate. Do you remember that you had to do, like, running jumps? Yes. And, like, oh, you, oh, 
Ugh! And that, that's the thing too, is that this this game was it's it's, a, it's an action game, it's a puzzle game, yes! right? So every everything is set around you know climbing up two thousand feet into the air, Ugh! and one one screw up in nineteen ninety six with no save states, you're you're done. Like yeah. that's a that's. 20 minutes of your time. Yes. 15 minutes of your time. God, done, dude. Gone. It was so like, it was one thing. Okay. So like if you didn't have your jump lined up correctly, right. As far as the angle goes and you jumped and missed, that's really frustrating. But frankly, in my opinion, after f- about four levels, most of those mistakes are on you because you know better. You're like, it took me 20 minutes to fucking get up here to try this jump. I'll take the extra 15 seconds to make sure I've lined it up correctly. Like to me, that becomes on you. Like, I know it's a frustrating game mechanic, but you, you learn to be like, all right, make sure like it's, it's like measure twice, jump once. It, like that's, that's what it yeah. becomes as far as lining it up, but it's the run. You have to do so many running jumps and it takes so long to get a feel for it because you can't just run as much as you want. Like, like in Mario, you can run as much yeah. as you want. And then you hit jump when you want to jump. In this game, she basically takes two steps and then does like a running jump to go further. And so you have to line yourself up to be like, okay, I need to hold run and jump and hit forward here. And I've got exactly say like one uh, tiles and they're not broken out into specific tiles, but you're like, I know that basically she'll take two steps and then jump. And I need to make sure that by the time she finishes that second step and jumps, she's right on the lip of the edge she's jumping off of, or she won't make it across this. She's going to fall and either die, or I'm going to have to climb all the way back up here and try again. And it is so cock-sucking precise to get that fucking distance right. And it just, oh, God, do you, oh. It, and don't forget, don't forget that while you're doing that, you actually have to do it four times in a row with fire blowing out of the floor. Yeah, and mummies, dude, mummies popping out and knocking you off. There's so many instances where it has to be so precise. And like you, you're right. It'd be one thing if it was like one jump every once in a while, but it is consistent. And sometimes it's paired with three, four, five jumps. There's one jump that I was stuck. For so long, I almost gave up. I almost said, I'm not playing this anymore. I looked it up and I just, I still couldn't do it. And I don't know if you're going to remember this stage. I don't remember what number it is, but do you remember a little bit later on in the game? There's a couple of stages that are almost like forest and there's like dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay. There's one part where you have to climb up this fucking rock and then there's a broken bridge, like a, like a plank bridge and you have to run and jump right off the edge of that fucking bridge and then you're outstretched with her arms and you hold catch and if it's perfectly done you'll catch the ledge on the other side which you have to this isn't an optional item you're going to collect this is part you have to do this to beat the level and that jump fucked me so many times and when you fell it took like three quarters of your health away so you could afford to miss it once maybe and i was just so angry because i'm like at this point, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp of the distancing, but this jump was so precise. And I was like, this is the stupidest fucking, oh my God. And it's, oh, I, I, it's this. So you mean this, you didn't play this game to relax? No, this conversation <laughs> has me second guessing how much I like this game because that fucking, <laughs> the jumps are so stupid. And like you mentioned, there's later levels you're literally climbing. It feels like five, six, seven stories in the air. And, and there's these fucking bats 
that come out of nowhere and just bump into you and take your health away or there's fucking fire and spikes. There's a lot of trial and error in this game, but the frustrating thing is that without save states, you can't just save whenever you want. And one mistake, which is so easy to make, and not because you're a bad player, but because the controls suck ass. You make one mistake, and now it's 20 minutes of work again. And it's like, it 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 honestly hits a point where it's not fun. If like if that, it's not fun. It, like it's just frustrating as fuck. Um, yeah. it'd be different, like. Resident Evil, it'd be different if like in Resident Evil, a zombie kills you and I know you have to go back to your last save, but rarely is it like 20 minutes of horrible platforming to get back to where you died. This game, that is the game for the last half of the fucking your playthrough and it sucks. Fuck me. It sucks. I hate it. I hate it. It makes me feel better that you're like, yeah, you're like, cause you were telling me before we started pot recording that you're like, I haven't played this in a long time. I'm a little nervous. And I was like, as long as you have a basic memory of it, you'll be fine. And I love that. Like your basic memory is of getting frustrated by the platforming. It, yep. Fuck me. All, all I remember is jumping to my death. Yeah. Over and over and over. And the thing about it is like, you remember that you like, Oh, Kate to save, like to officially save, not save state, save. You've got to use like those those blue diamonds, those blue crystals. I don't know yep. if you remember that. And like you could only use them once. Yeah, one yeah, I do remember that. Like so you had to make sure you were in a good spot to save. Yeah. And it was no like oh, that's the most frustrating part too cuz like I I would come up like cuz I tried to play on the up and up. I hit a point where I was like I'm using save states. This fucking sucks. But I tried to play it on the up and up. And you come across those blue crystals and your your instant feeling should be relief of being like, oh, thank fuck. At least I can save. But instead, it's like, do I save now or do I go and try to do two jumps that are going to be tough and then come back? And because, ah, uh, because like you can only save once. And so you like, and you're like the game, I feel like the game is telling you, like I would get this sense of dread. I would find a blue save crystal and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes, what's around the corner? As opposed to being like, fuck yeah, I can save. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this, uh, if, if you played this as a kid, it really taught you about making decisions a lot more than, you know, we didn't get to learn taxes or anything in school, but this, this taught us a lot. Yeah. It's so like, like, oh, fuck me, man. I just, I can like, listen, I understand fully well that save, uh, save points, not save states, pardon me, save points in retro gaming was just part of life. We've all been there. You're in a dungeon in an RPG or Resident Evil, you're looking for a typewriter or whatever. Uh, I get that. Like there's some games where it sucks that you have to go from save point to save point and you can't just save anywhere you want. And I know that by today's standards, that seems very archaic, but we all know that was the norm back then. But I do, I can't think of another game where you could only use the save points that you found once each. That was what frustrated me. If I could just save. So like, you should be able to save as much as you wanted that blue crystal. So I save, and then if I go and beat a couple of tough jumps, and then I have to double back by that save crystal, for the love of fuck, just let me save my game again. Like, why not? I don't get... And how does that How does that affect us kids that grew up with anxiety and need to save six times before we turn off the console? Yeah. I can only save once. Did I, did I actually save? Oh, fuck me. Especially when it comes to a game that, like, punishes you so harshly for a tiny little mistake, especially when like, if the controls just worked a little better, half of those mistakes wouldn't happen. 
if running jumps were just so, oh my God. Or there's one level, I'm just thinking about it now. You're up on all these like walkways up in the air. I know there's a lot of levels like that. But you have to drag like giant <laughs> bricks around to like build a plaque. Oh God, dra dragging the freaking bricks. And the, <laughs> right? I, you said it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's so tedious, Kate. Fuck. Well, and they and they put in the animation to make it realistic, right? If someone actually moving a giant two-ton block, but the animation slowed down the game so much that you're spending an hour moving a block six tiles over. Yes, and like there was this fuck me, there was this part where like you had to cl so ah uh, I can't remember which level it is, but it's like burned into my mind. There's a pool of water at the base, so at least if you fall, you're probably not going to die because you're gonna fall into the pool of water. But once you start climbing up, it is, it's got to be 15 super accurate run and jump, line up your jumps perfectly, fucking grasp the edges and crawl along the edges on your fingertips and you get up to this top part. Then you have to slide these giant fucking bricks around and it takes so long. And if you fuck one up, you fall down and got to climb all the way up and do it all over again. And I was like, this game, like... And I want to, I know it may sound like we've just been shitting on this game for the last 20 minutes, but this is like, this is the, this is the, 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 I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but here's the thing about Tomb Raider is like all of this shit is so irritating, but at the end of the day, now that I'm done it, I have good impressions of this game despite all of that. So like, to me, that's a testament to how good the underlying skeleton of the game under all this platforming and dragging giant bricks and shit around is like, there's a lot of fun in there. It's just so much tedious, repetitive, difficult fucking gameplay. We haven't even gotten into the combat yet, which kind of sucks fucking oh, too. It's just, it's the, it's the climbing, the jumping and the dragging of these bricks. And those three things combined are just fuck me like they could have called it slow raider because it is so that sounds stupid tedious raider it's just so <laughs> fucking slow kate god it's not just me it makes me feel better that i'm not the only one that looks at it and is just like fuck me dude ah oh. again like yeah and it's just over and over and over and i appreciate that they change up the levels i think that's great and i like that there's like hidden treasures to find and puzzles to solve and stuff like that but it just felt like every level came with these do you remember there's one level where you're underground kind of and you have to like flip a switch run past a gate that that switch opens flip another switch run around that gate into another gate and then hit another switch to get out of this room and if you screw it up at all, nothing hurts you. There's no enemies. There's no way to die. You just have to go back to start and try it again. Just over and over and over again. But the controls don't lend well to running because they're the tank controls. So you're fucking it up. And it's not because it's too hard, but it's because you just run in one direction all the time and keep running into the corners of ledges and shit trying to... I don't know if you remember what part I'm talking about, but fuck me. Fuck me. Fucking game. I, I don't remember that part and I'm kind of happy I don't. You should be happy that you don't. It's fucking... I, I feel grateful. Oh, God. And then you have to fight enemies. And the thing about it is like... I, I love that she's got these two magical pistols with infinite ammo. Um, But at the same time, it makes sense because like... I don't know how you played this game, but I would whip out those pistols and anytime like a bat or something... Because she would auto-aim, right? Like she would kind of focus on yeah. whatever was around. I was just mash and shoot as fast as I could. Um, yep. Because if an enemy gets near you, they bump you, you fall backwards, you fall off a goddamn ledge, you gotta climb all the way the fuck back up again. Ugh. 
I hated it, but I, I did. I, so the, okay. So I want to transition. Like before we talk about the shit we like, I'm just asking, is there anything else? Like if I missed, is there anything else you could think of that you hated? Cause like I hated the saving. I hated the con the controls. No, I think, I think honestly the controls are the biggest thing. Which, yeah. Again, like, like any other game, you look back to the nineties and figure out controls in other games. Like nothing was perfect, but, but it, it was, it was definitely frustrating. Dude. Even like, I don't want to say that this is the first game like this, but it has to be one of like, I can't think of a game before this. That was the 3d. It wasn't a 2d game. It was a 3d game. Like this is so, so many games today. You can see the inspiration in tomb Raider, like so any third person action game, like an uncharted, like a modern tomb Raider. I would argue there's a little bit of breath of the wild in it. Like all of those games, there's so much of it in this. It's just, this is the very first one and it is just so archaic and it's just, I, you, well, you, you, you rip and duplicate, right? Rip off and duplicate. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I they, like they started it. They, they took the fall and they said, Hey, here's what is actually a pretty good game with our crappy controls. Now make it better. Yeah. Like I like this game, but I, I don't think I could outside of outside of like respecting gaming history and heritage and playing retro classic titles. And stuff, Cause like, I think tomb Raider is a very important game. I think it's not only because it was a big deal as far as female protagonists go. It was a big deal as far as 3d action games go. Like there's a, like exploration. There's a lot here, but like, I don't, I don't, this is not near the top of the list of games that I would, if you were to come to me and be like, Hey, I, I need to play some classic titles. Would you recommend this? Like, I no, I wouldn't. Because I'm like, you're just going to get frustrated with how slow and and tedious it is. Like, it's... Yeah. And, like, I don't say that, like, the original Metal Gear Solid is not pretty today, but it's still playable. And the original Resident Evil is not pretty today, it's still playable. I, I don't think this game isn't playable, but I think, like, like Crash Bandicoot... Right, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Medieval, Metal Gear Solid, fucking Resident Evil. Like, I would recommend just about any other... 3D action platforming style game over this one from the original PlayStation. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Having said that, we've just basically shit on this game for like half an hour. Uh, <laughs> really this, like this game, but right, this like, and there's like, I feel like this isn't the only game like this, but I can, I can't think of too many games we've covered on the podcast where I have so much bad to like, I have more bad to say than good about Tomb Raider, but I still really like it if that makes sense. And yeah. there's not a lot of games I can say that about. Like I have, I, do you know what the story you can, is? You can still want to, you can still want to kill something and appreciate it at the same time. Right? Yes. Yes, exactly. Like it's still fun. It just like, I have no idea what the fuck the story is. There is a story to it with like these funny little cutscenes and shit, but like, I don't, I don't entirely, I I'm out looking for a treasure that other people want. It's like every Indiana Jones, yep, every uncharted. Much. I don't, I don't know what the fuck else. Like, do you know anything about the story? I don't. That is basically what I know. Okay. Is, yeah, she's an she's an archaeologist looking for looking for treasure. Yeah, looking for some kind of pieces of treasure. I don't know what it. It doesn't matter. Um, what? Okay, so if we're talking about shit that we like about this game, I want to start with the controls because we're shitting on the controls for the jumping and the running. Two things about the controls I really like. Number one, I do love the auto aim when it comes to like 
I understand some people might argue that makes the game too easy, but in a game where the controls fuck you around so goddamn hard, I wish they had put a little bit of auto aim when it came to jumping and platforming. But like, imagine if you had to like try to like accurately pick off like bats and shit with your pistols. Like it'd be, it'd be impossible. It'd be so like with, oh. with no analog. Control. With no analog, exactly. So, like, as you get later on in the game, the enemies get way fucking tougher, but you also find, like, a shotgun and, like, magnums and dual Uzis and stuff like that that you can rock. And what I like is that you go into an area and you might be able to hear an enemy, but you can't see it. But then you'll see her turn and, like, point her guns a certain way. And I actually thought that was really cool because I'm like, I can't see that enemy, but clearly she can. And then you can just start firing while she's pointing her guns and aiming. And I, I thought that was just like, maybe some people are, maybe I'm, it doesn't like, maybe it sounds like I'm making a mountain out of a molehill with that. But I was like, in a game where the camera is a little bit funky and the controls are a little bit funky, for them to throw you a bone like that and be like, hey, there's enemies coming. I know the camera might not be pointed the right way, but Lara is, sees them. So you can start shooting. I, I really thought that was a really, really clever thing. I, I, I yeah, like. Yeah, they're, it's it's super generous, which is fine in some games, but it, it takes a little bit of the, the heat off the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it just makes it, it's a little bit of a reprieve, I guess. Right. And like, it doesn't make it easy. Like most of the enemies in the game are strong enough that like, if you don't have the right gun equipped and you're not quick on the trigger, they're going to fuck you up. Like they fuck you up. Yeah. But like, I'm playing Ocarina of Time right now. And you have to use the Z targeting to like zoom in on enemies. And it's such a fucking, I hate the Z targeting thing so fucking much. I hate it. It's a necessary evil, but I fucking hate it. And to their credit, I feel like Tomb Raider figured out a workaround. They're like, we'll just make her look at enemies. Like, of course the, like, cause the thing about it, Kate, if you, Kate, if you, Kate, were raiding a tomb right now and you were like, fuck, I'm going to have to jump up these next three stories to get up there. But then a goddamn bat was flying at your head. You wouldn't be worried about those three jumps you have coming up. You'd be like, fuck, I need to get rid of this bat that's going to give me rabies before I worry about climbing this fucking hill. And I think that's really clever by the developers to be like, yeah, if there's an enemy around and Lara can see it, that's going to be where she focuses her attention, as it should be. As it should be. I think that's such a... Uh, frankly, I'm like, dude, I wish some games did that today. I'm like, I think that's a really clever thing to like you know it, it would have almost i frankly think it would have broke the game if fighting enemies were as was as complicated as the platforming was um yeah i, I don't think the game would have been beatable no fuck i'd argue it's almost not beatable fucking now but it doesn't it doesn't it's fuck it's a hard game um but no by and large i do like that i i really and you know what he you know, oh god kate you know what i really i don't know if you're gonna remember this because i didn't play it in a while the swimming controls in this game are awesome. I I, I can't say I remember it. I that that's so I everyone that listens to the show with any regularity knows how much I hate swimming levels in every video game ever. And ninety percent of the time, swimming controls suck. What is so fucked up about this game is that the out of water controls are awful, but you drop her into water and it handles like a dream. And I was like, what the, this is like, uh, what's a food that you hate? What's a food that you just don't like at all? Mustard. Okay. I like, I don't like scallop potatoes and I'm going to catch shit from that. People are going to be like, you oh, just haven't man. had the right ones. You're right. I know. But my mom's scallop potatoes are awful. And I used to have to eat them as a child. My mom's a great cook, 
but she I'm called sorry, in, Mrs. Blank. Yeah, she called in sick the day that they taught how to make scalloped potatoes. I fucking hate her scalloped <laughs> potatoes. But it's like scalloped potatoes are swimming levels to me. Like, and imagine if like if mustard is swimming levels, the swimming levels in this game are like, hey, we found a mustard that you'd really like. Like it's like they they figured out how to make something that you hate good. The swimming is so fun. Every time I had to go underwater in this game, I was like, fucking rights. Let's go explore some underwater because at least as long as I'm under here, the goddamn controls work and there's no platforming and she just goes where I want her to go. And I, I was just, I, I had it in my notes to make sure I shouted out swimming works in this fucking game. And it's just so weird to me that all the other controls are so fucked up, but the controls that are the hardest for most developers these guys were like, no, that's easy. Just make her go whatever direction you push the D-pad. That's all every swimming level should be. Just fuck. So, just so we just need we need to get uh, Tomb Raider at the Summer Olympics, and then you'll play that game. Yes, I would be all over Tomb Raider at the Summer Olympics. That'd be fucking awesome. It would just be you and that weird fucking Bayou Billy guy that shows up with a gun all the time that you have to fucking fight. But <laughs> uh, but no, I just yeah, the swimming in this game is so good. I I just I had to shout that out. I love the swimming. I love the fucking swimming in this game. Um, I also love the the exploration. I don't know how much of that you remember, but like you would beat a level and it would tell you like how many secrets you found in that level. And yeah, I thought that it was like when I first started playing it, I was like, Oh fuck. Is there like secret optional treasures you have to find? Most of the secrets are just weapons or like, like health kits and stuff. They're not like treasures that you sell at the end of the game for like a higher score. They're just better equipment. But I love that every level you can go off the beaten path a little bit. It's up to you how much you want to explore. I did like these games when the controls aren't dinking you around, these games are super fun to explore. Um, well, yeah, there's just, there's, there's so much, it adds so much extra to the game. You could beat it in a few hours or you could actually take the time to, to keep playing it, right? Just get better. Yeah. And I like that, like, some of the secrets are just basic. Like, you have to, oh, you, you didn't see, because some of them can be incredibly difficult to find. And this is an error. This is a PS, this is, uh, uh, um, this is a victim of the times when it comes to games like this. Sometimes it's hard to tell what is just background or, like, wall and what is something you can climb on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to fault the game for that because you just, that's just part of like gaming during the 90s. But I found it so satisfying because I frankly thought a majority of the secrets were hidden tough, but fairly. It was obvious that like if you looked at the wall and it was like a, a clear sheet of, of rock, but then there was one little part where it was like a clear cube that you could jump up and climb on. If you wanted to take the time to look for it, you could. And sometimes you had to solve like little puzzles to access the secrets. I found the secrets so satisfying. And I frankly, I like it better. I don't I, I'm curious how you feel about this. I like it better when the secrets aren't optional collectibles or like meaningless things like that, but rather they're like, oh, here's more ammo for your most powerful gun. Or here's another large yeah. health kit that you're going to need later. Like it rewards. I, it, it's, I, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like I love I love wanting a hundred percent a game, but I want it to help me in the end. Like finding a bunch of flags that at the end of the day I could say, "Wow, I found the flags, great." Yeah. But something that actually helps you improve your character and power up, basically, it's it's more satisfying. Absolutely. Like I, in the early points of the game, I was like, "Dude, I have way too many health kits. Like this isn't that hard." I like I had more health kits than I knew what to do with. But then the last like third of the game, it gets fucking hard. And 
then I was like, man, thank fuck. I went looking for so many secrets and found all these extra health kits. Cause I'm going to fucking need them now. And I agreed with you. I, I like to try to hundred percent games when possible as well. But like, I really, and dude, especially in this era, in the nineties, in the era of, of Banjo Kazooie and Donkey Kong 64 and Spyro and crash like and i'm not shitting on all those games but like so many games were focused on that collectathon mechanic like that really became an a thing back then and it wasn't fun to look for shit that meant nothing especially in an era where there's not even trophies and stuff to be like oh i platinum the game by getting all the collectibles it was it meant nothing yeah. but like you said when it when when the things you were looking for were like very critical extra health kits or ammo for guns that you have such limited ammo for and stuff like that it really added a lot of depth to the game that I enjoyed like looking for stuff like that. It made some of the tedious platforming and exploration worth it. Cause I was like, well, at least at the end I'm getting rewarded with something that's more than just a cosmetic fucking score boost or whatever. If that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I loved, I love the exploration. I love the swimming levels and I gotta be honest with you. Like I, you know what I thought was really rad that I don't know what I'm going to even do for this. There's not a lot of music in this game. Um, there's, there's not, but, but what is there actually sounds pretty good. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I like that a lot of the level you're exploring and there's no music because it, it, I'm trying to, I, I don't know if this is going to sound stupid or not, but like it adds to the, I don't know if it's weird to say that a PS one game that looks like it's made out of Lego bricks has atmosphere, but like it really did add to the atmosphere. To the same thing. Atmosphere, atmosphere, a hundred percent. Like you, you feel like you're in these old, uh, abandoned fucking tombs and shit. And you're like, there, there is nobody in here. There's no way. Like, I, I will lie to you. Like I, I spent a lot of the game listening to music on my phone, which like, I don't know if like, were you bad? I, I was so big on that in the PlayStation one, Nintendo 64 era of like turning down the game and just listening to like offspring or something while I was playing. Yep. That offspring who will be here soon yes exactly yeah are you going to that concert i would really like to me too and simple plans opening and everyone's gonna shit on me for this yeah. i like simple plans so fuck off i like simple them. plans great yeah they are everyone great. We, just block those comments yeah <laughs> just block everyone that hates on simple plan it'd be like nine tenths of the internet yeah. fucking block. <laughs> but uh but no like i love like i mean i i think of like like final fantasy set i associate final fantasy 7 with Offspring's Americana, because I listened to that CD so much while I played Final Fantasy VII. And, like, WWF No Mercy, I used to play while I listened to CDs. And, like, I was playing this, and I was just listening to podcasts or listening to music on my phone. And I was like, I actually really like that there's not... I think it would take away from the game a little bit. If you were... I like that, like, when you're in these temples, you can hear, like, the, like of, like, her footsteps, like, walking. And if there's an enemy, you can hear the growl of a bear or a fucking cougar or whatever those, those animals are. And like you're alert at all times. And I really thought that added to it in this instance. Like sometimes I would shit on a game and say, maybe it's almost lazy to not include music, but in this game it's better without music. And then the music kicks in when like a big enemy comes out, which even makes it more tense and, and even cooler. I thought I loved it. Yeah. It, it, instead of, instead of like overplaying it, it makes it, it makes it more important. Yeah. It adds that additional kind of sense of like dread when you don't know what's, you know, like you hear that, like the dinosaur part is the thing I'm talking, I'm thinking of, like you come around this, you, you drop down like this cliff and then you fall into this like meadow kind of covered in snow almost. And you're like, what the fuck? And then this like really intense music starts to play. And so 
if the music was playing 24 seven, you would just be like, Oh, whatever. It's just, it's the music. But like, because you're so used to not having music, this music kicks in and you're like, Oh fuck. Like I, I remember it. I'm like, what the fuck? And then this like T-Rex or something fucking comes around the corner. And I was like, are you fucking with me right now? That thing killed me so many times too. Um, yeah. so many times, but it adds so much to it. And I thought like, I know we spend a lot of time shitting on the controls, but the controls, in my opinion, are really the only wart on this game. Like that and the saving, the saving system sucks. But like, I love how I, I again, I do feel like in, in a resident evil way, it, it adds to it with the slow controls. It just, it's too slow for what the game wants to be, but the lack of music and the sounds and like, it really does create this atmosphere. If you never know what's around the corner, I like the solving puzzles and trying to like the traps of falling onto spikes and stuff like that. There's a lot of trial and error in this game, but more often than not, I thought it was tough, but fair. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think they, they made like an all encompassing game. So you're right. Like the controls suck, but then you have to remember the game is 20 years old, 25 years old. Um, so really, I mean, if you compare it to any other game at that point, the controls sucked period in gaming for the most part. So the game itself is actually really good. The game is really good. Like when I was, you know what the thing about it was like when I was playing it, I try really hard. It's tough when you guys, when, when a game like this wins our Patreon poll and I have to play a game that I've never played before, it's hard when it's a game like this, cause some games have aged really well and I play them for the first time. And I'm like, this is as playable right now as it was in 96 or whatever year it was that it came out. And other games I'm like, this would have been cool back then. It's tough now because the controls haven't aged well or whatever. The mechanics haven't aged well. And this is one of those ones where I'm like, if I had played this in 1996, would the controls have irritated me as much as they did playing it now? And exactly. the thing is, What's that? Well, that, I agree. Like, that's exactly it. You just have to put yourself 25 years ago. Yeah. But the thing is, is I'm like, I feel like this is one of those games where I really liked it, but I do think the controls would have irritated me back then. To the point where I'm like, I don't know if I, like you said, as a kid, you played it and you were raging like crazy. Like, I don't think I would have finished this as a kid without save states and stuff. I think I would have just got pissed off at it, which is a yeah, shame. Yeah, and I can remember a lot of games like that where you're just like, oh, I'm... I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go get whatever the newest game is because I'm done with this. Cause I, I can't beat it. Yeah. But like, I'm looking at like review scores of it on Wikipedia and stuff. And it's like eight nines out of 10, a, a plus, like, I, I really think that's, I guess as maybe we start getting kind of close to wrapping this up, I, I guess like my takeaway from tomb Raider is that I'm willing for the most part to overlook the ridiculously frustrating mechanics I don't like because I, I love Lara Croft. I really like the exploration of this game. And I guess more than anything, like this genre, Kate, like the, have you played the uncharted games? I have played a little bit of the very first one. Okay. Um, like they're great. I'm a horrible person. Please don't yell at me. No. Well, I mean, Hey, we, I chalked you up as a horrible person when you said you don't like mustard. So anything That's else fair. is, That's yeah, fair. anything, anything, yeah. But much like you were like, you were, you acted like I insulted you. And I was like, I don't like scallop potatoes. And then you're like, what they're the so fuck? Good. No, they're not. No, they're not my mom's. Anyway, nobody tell my mom I said this. Um, I love my mom. Uh, she's not going to listen to this. But anyway, uh, what was I, what was I going to say? Um, 
Oh yeah, okay. Like the 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 action adventure genre, the Uncharted's, the modern Tomb Raiders games, like like these have become some of my favorite games. I love these types of games today. Love them, and I I can't think of another game that I've played for this podcast where I was just the the amount of influence I saw in this game that it's had on future titles. If that makes sense, I was like, man, like. From from Laura herself to a female protagonist to the ad- action adventure exploration to going into tombs without music and then finding little things and secrets and stuff like that like all these little things that I was like dude I can't not like this game because in some ways this game is like the Super Mario Brothers of the Uncharted's and the modern Tomb Raiders and stuff like there's so much influence in this title if if, if I hope what I'm trying to say comes across properly like. It's too important of game for me to not like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it paved the way. Yeah. And what's... You can't get away from the sex factor and the triangle boobs. And like, the, do you remember the... I don't know if you're going to... Because you were a little younger than I am. But I remember fucking nonstop fucking rumors that you could put in a code to make her naked while you played and stuff like that. And... Nude Raider. Yeah, yeah, Nude Raider. Yeah, exactly, Nude Raider. Yeah. And, like, it was a huge thing. And back then, like, I thought it was funny. It was like, yeah, of course. Like, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm a, you know, in 1996, I was a 13-year-old boy. Like, I want to see anything nude. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, for <laughs> sure. But, like, I'm I'm a little bit... I, trying to figure out how to say this. I have to imagine that, to an extent, that helped this game back in the day. Like it got people sure. talking about it, right? Like sex sells. It really does. I'm sure that this helped it. Yeah. I'm like, look at you and I are talking about this game 25 years after it came out and we started the podcast talking about the triangle boobs. Like you have to, yeah. right? Having said that, I'm a little frustrated that a lot of this game's legacy is in that when I'm like, dude, forget the whole, you know, in air quotes, sex appeal of this game. This game did so much for this genre and created an yeah, awesome franchise. It's actually good. And it's a good video game. And it's frustrating that like nobody, I don't want to say nobody, but by and large, a lot of people don't talk about that. They talk about Lara and the triangle boobs and the nude codes and stuff like that. And I, frankly, that bothers me a little bit because I'm like, and I'm not trying to be Mr. You know, feminist. That's not what I'm doing at all. I'm just like, I'm a gamer who's like, dude, there's a really good video game hidden underneath these stupid triangle boobs. And I wish more people talked about that, you know, put, Put Crash Bandicoot or put Nathan Drake in this game in her place, and all of that goes away, right? But it's yeah. still a good game. Yeah, I would be really. That's a great point. If this, imagine if this game was Uncharted, exact same game, but it's Nathan Drake, and it's the first Uncharted game, and Tomb Raider and Lara Croft never existed. Just imagine that. So there is no triangle boobs. There's no talk about how hot Lara Croft is or any of that. I I don't think this game would have been as big and important as it was and frankly I think that's a real shame but I think that the I think that the the sex appeal is what got people in the door and then they realized there's actually a really fun game buried underneath. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. It sucks that they had to rely on that, but I guess it worked. It's And you know what? Uh, if you play the modern Tomb Raider games, I think they really pulled back on it. Like, I mean, Laura still looks the same. Like she's still a really good looking, uh, uh, young lady, but like 
there's not nearly as much focus on it, in my opinion, in the modern games. They're just like, no, she's like, she's just a badass, like a shy character who becomes this badass. And I, I'm glad that that's where the franchise went. I'm glad that they got away from the focus on just her appearance. And we're like, no, there's really good games in here. And that's what we're going to focus on now. If you want to look at uh, a shitty version of her, that's just easy on the eyes. Go watch the movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I assume I haven't seen the movies, but I got to imagine they're not very good. I don't know. You know what? I, I've seen, I for sure have seen the first one and I actually like it. Oh, okay. All right. It's, well, it's, it's definitely got the cheese factor, but it's pretty good. Is there any parts in the movie where she can't jump onto a ledge and falls into water and has to climb up and do it over and over <laughs> and over again? They, they should probably patch that in to be honest. I want that. That's the director's cut. It's just all the failed takes of her trying to jump up this fucking studio and shit like that. Um, yeah, like I'm just looking right now. Like in 1999, Tomb Raider was listed number 22 on a top 50 games of all time list. And I don't, I don't know if I would go that far, but I, if you were to say the most influential games of all time, like this game is there. This, I was, I'm really happy that I got to play this. I think a lot of people voted for this game expecting Angry Adam to pop up and just get mad at the controls. But like, and yeah, the controls suck, but I like and respect everything else about this game so much that I'm like, yeah, the controls suck. What It is what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I really want to play Tomb Raider 2 now and just see if it got better. Um, I don't know. Have you, did you like, did you play the other ones at all? I can't say I have. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think I I don't think I ever played them either, but Yeah, man. I mean I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm I'm, I'm spent. I that was a fucking that's a really it's a fun game. I, would I recommend it to anyone today? Sure, if you can get your hands on a dirt cheap. Like I would not do not go out and spend like 100 bucks on a PlayStation and a copy of this to play it. I don't think it's worth it. I, but like and you said you played the remade version a little bit? Yeah, the the one on it was Xbox 360. Is it like yeah? Did you like it? Like I had not played like I haven't played it. Like I'm I'm I would love to play this with better controls. So like is that so I, better? I would recommend that then. So it is better. It's still um, there are still some crappy parts of it, but it's way better. Like you have analog controls first of all. Yeah. But um, they like if you actually went and found it and played it like right now after playing the original one, I think you would just laugh at it because of how, just how upgraded it is. Right. It's, it's literally like a Ford Pinto to a Ferrari kind of thing. It's, it's so much different. That's, that's interesting. But you know what? I mean, in an era where we're getting so many kind of half-assed remakes, it's rad to see them do one. That's good. And it's funny. Cause even like, like I said, I just played it recently and that game, I think it still came out like 15 years ago. Yeah. It was remade 15 or 10 years ago or something. It's, it's honestly not bad. I'm reading right now that as of 2009, the game is the the anniversary, which is the remake, is the worst selling Tomb yeah. Raider title to date. That seems like really? such a shame. Like I, I mean, like I'm glad that the modern trilogy is outselling it because the modern trilogy is fucking immaculate. But I'm shocked that like this game sold so poorly. Like, did people just move on at this? I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't matter. I'm shocked by that though. Really? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I can't, I'm good. Did we miss anything? Like, is there anything you could think of that we didn't yell about yet? I'm good. I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> I don't want to say it's a bad game. It's not a bad game. The controls are bad. Everything else about it's awesome. But I just, 
Man, I really fuck. I really like this. Like, if you were gonna, how the fuck are we gonna score this thing? I don't want to score it out of ten. Um, just looking to see if there's any numbers fucking anywhere. How many levels was there? Something. Fuck. Uh, uh, the, the only thing I can think of is to score it out of two. But I yeah, I don't one. see. And there it is. I was gonna say that too. I was <laughs> like, well, I could score it out of two. Try like, you can't. Are they the most famous boobs in video game history? Like, I they feel, might I be. I feel like they have to be. Right? And I don't... Listen, I've made my take on this clear. I don't mean to downplay the greatness of this video game. Those triangle boobs will always be associated with this fucking game. It'll never not be. They're the most famous boobs ever. Ah, fuck. Poor... I, think, I think we could score We could score it out of two and we can use decimal points. How about that? All right, let's go with that. <laughs> fractions uh, now, of a now I just made it really difficult. Yeah, you just made it fucking weird now. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, if I was scoring this game out of two, like, I want to give it like a one point seven five out of two because I like everything oh. else about it. But the controls are so bad. Okay, well, take a little bit off for the controls just to be an asshole. If it's out of two, I'll give it a one point six nine. Nice. <laughs> Ah, uh, fuck at a kid. Uh, yeah. Like I'm in that, like, like I was like a one and a half. Like it's, it's a good, it's a, it's like a good game disguised as a great game. Does that make like, it could have been great if the controls were better. Honestly, you guys, if the controls had been better, I would have come in here and been like, this might be my favorite PS one game. Like I loved so much about this game. But it was just like, I'd be having a great time and then I'd miss a jump and I'd be like, oh, well, okay. But then I'd miss it again and then I'd miss it. And then it would like every playthrough, like I just, I felt like I was bipolar playing it because I'd be so happy and then just so angry at the same time. And it just, there's a great game in here, but it, you can't get past those controls. And this isn't one of those instances where I'm like, well, it's just a product of the times. Like even by 1996 standards, the controls in this game are pretty shitty. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's not great. No, but other than that, man, I fucking, I really got to play Tomb Raider two and three. I fuck. I like these games and I'm telling all of you listening to this right now. I'm begging you. I'm begging you play the new Tomb Raider games. At least the first one Tomb Raider definitive edition, which is the first of the new trilogy goes on sale all the time. And it's like four bucks Canadian, which is like 50 cents everywhere else on the planet. And I'm telling you like, I like the I like the modern Tomb Raider trilogy better than I like the Uncharted games, and I'm a big Uncharted fan. But the modern Tomb Raider trilogy is so fucking good. So skip this one, respect its heritage, but skip this one and play the modern. Go trilogy. YouTube a video of it. Yeah, YouTube a video of it and watch it for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Or if you're a Sega Saturn nerd, play this one because you probably have nothing else to play on your fucking shitty system. So play, <laughs> so play Tomb Raider instead. Um, you know what? You know what? And I'm going to get people that are like, Oh, you reviewed a two, you reviewed a Saturn game. I guess this game came out on the Saturn first, which I didn't know. I got to sneak that in there. Cause otherwise oh, I'm going to get messages. Yeah. I guess it launched I on the Saturn PlayStation. and then it got ported over to PlayStation. Yeah. Well they made it and they're like, this is a great game, but no one's going to see it on this thing. Let's put it on PlayStation. And then every, then it, then it became the face of PlayStation. But uh, if I didn't sneak that in there, I would have got 4 million comments. I'm aware that this originally launched as a Saturn game. All right fucking fully aware there you go that's as close as you're ever going to get to a saturn game on this podcast so i hope you're I all fucking say, i think 
I think that's the most times we've said the word Saturn in a podcast. Yeah, I think it is too. That, and that's a lot of FaceTime. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, fucking nerds. Um, Kate, listen, I know that I've jerked you around on the schedule and we've had a hard time lining this up, but I, I'm glad that you came on and uh, I'm glad you did this. And uh, we'll pick a game that controls a little better for the next time we have you on the show. But thank you for doing this. Yeah, no, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Kate, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Tomb Raider. And to every single one of you nerds listening to this show right now, whether this is your first episode or your 173rd episode, I can't thank you enough for the support. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, subscribe. It's free. And then you'll never miss one because we publish a new one every Wednesday. And if you really like the show and you really want to get wild and you're not listening on Spotify, who doesn't have reviews for some fucking reason, uh, leave us a good review. It helps counteract the bad ones like Lexiax, who thinks I swear too much fucking idiot uh leave us a nice review i'd really really appreciate it i don't know how it helps us but it does and if you really want to fucking be nice support us over on patreon it starts at just two bucks a month and you're gonna get an extra podcast every thursday and every friday plus access to 150 old ones plus you can chat in our discord plus you can play play one remake one erase one plus you can dm with me and blah 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 blah. patreon.com slash remember the game let's take down the big guys and we're taking over this retro gaming garden together we are the weed that won't stop growing everybody oh and i think that's it uh thanks for listening i'll be back tomorrow with expansion pass where we're going to be talking about our gaming backlogs i'll be back on friday with game patch where we talk about all the biggest gaming news of the week and i'll be back next week with a whole another smorgasbord podcast because that is all i do now thanks for listening everybody i will talk to you all again soon uh cheers goodbye thank you Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the podcasts I churn out every week without your support. So I would like to take a moment to thank everybody that has supported us over at patreon.com slash remember the game at our junior executive vice president level or higher. So a huge thank you to <clears throat> Dave, Makeshift, Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Michael Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keegs and his Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaiman, Ashley Cronenbitter, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Madero, Scott V, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Luca Riskikno, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Wyman Brooks, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, A-Town, Andre SJA Flash, Tom Kite, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Adam J, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Very Cool Dude, Tim Real, The Giraffe, G9PSX, Tim L, David Schnatterer, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, Dana Wucherall, That One Kid Nick, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, M. Felf, Kfabe5150, Wolfgang Darren, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Good A, Dane, Chris Coplin, Mandingo2021, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Too Loud for the Crowd, Trevor Sevenoaks, Ryan McCowan, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic Kit 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Carmichael Nicholas, Squints, Tent Sparkster, Omega 88, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Chowdy Loudy, Dan Wagner, Candido, K Cuz, S2 Von 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Marco, Oprah's Iron Fist, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Astral Soul, Karth from Kotor, Chance McCoy, 
Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game, Furchuk, Super Dave, Game Nomad, Misi, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Stu, Ber Stu Bergeric. That's the one that always fucks me up. Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Chalupa Cabra, Just a Fish, Bagalazino, Hunky Canadian Bacon 69, Beth Strife 89, Liam Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, Eric Chavinius, Holmes Ryan Gibbons, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Jay Hampton, Dylan Flora, Jackson M, Daja 1K1T, Clayton Robertson, Jason Sika, Frosty Feet 492, Scott A. Baker, Britt O'Neill, all the good names were taken, Hulk Hogan's brother, Austin Cook, Kyle Shreve, Matthew Salmon, Elijah Burns, Ocelot of Woe, Stephen Parnell, Adam Masher, Aaron Price, Meat on the Bone, Dachabi, I can't say it, Dachabi VT, Tomikish, Sean Dillinger, Justin Zabrocki, Frozen Interior, Ray San Juan Tongo, and Brandon Basham. If I said your name wrong, consider it a badge of honor because I'm an idiot and you're not. But anyway, thank you all so much for the support. I appreciate it more than you guys know, and I will talk to you all again soon. Cheers. Goodbye.